good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You're listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show. I'm your host, Kieran Mack, and thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to like this video if you're watching us on YouTube, and please do subscribe. We're also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and a host of other podcast players. Now that that's all done, let's jump into today's show. And we'll start off with today's daily numbers. Thailand logged 77 more fatalities and 10,828 new COVID-19 cases during the previous 24 hours, the Public Health Ministry announced on Sunday morning. There were 10,724 cases in general population and 104 among prison inmates. The number of deaths reported on Saturday, 87, was below 100 for the first time since July 26th. The trend continued on Sunday's announcement with fatalities down to 77. The number of positive and probable ATK tests were 2,839. So we are still kind of floating around the 10 to 11,000 each day. I think a positive sign would to be to drop below 10,000 and start to see further improvements during the course of this month of October. Let's hope that's the case because all this kind of hinges on the country also reopening. So the more the cases go down, of course, the more chance we have of seeing Thailand reopen in some form. And we'll start off with our first story of the day. Top Thai virologist claims herd immunity does not work with COVID-19. Forget about herd immunity because it will not work with COVID-19. So says Dr. Young Punavaran, chief of the Center of Excellence in Clinical Virology at the Faculty of Medicine in Chilinacorn University in his Facebook post on Sunday. He said that when the majority of people in a country have developed immunity, whether from a vaccination or after being affected with a disease such as measles, the minority who have not been vaccinated or who have not been affected by the disease will be protected from the infection. Herd immunity does not, however, work with some specific diseases such as tetanus. Even though many people have been vaccinated against it, if someone gets pierced by a rusty nail, they will be infected with tetanus, said Dr. Young. He cited the case of Singapore where 80% of the population are fully inoculated, or the case of Israel, where the majority of people are also fully vaccinated, COVID-19 infections have re-emerged, although the illness has become less severe. Symptoms will be severe in people who do not have immunity, but after the first infection, the symptoms will be less severe if the same people are reinfected, and this trend will go on until the disease becomes a normal respiratory disease, said the virologist. Dr. Young said the most important thing is that everyone must have immunity. Although it may not be perfect, it can help reduce the severity of the infection until in the future there is a drug which can treat the symptoms. We will have to live with the virus the way we have been living with other viruses and the disease can happen in young children but with mild symptoms. We can never get rid of it, he concluded, as he advised everyone to get vaccinated to develop immunity. This guy's about two months late for telling everybody this. So basically, herd immunity doesn't really exist anymore with COVID-19. We've heard this from a leading scientist from the Oxford group in the UK a few months ago, where he said herd immunity is a mythical thing now because of Delta. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Did he just read the article or I'm not sure. He's trying to throw his own spin on it, which I think is kind of odd too. Just come out and tell people the truth. There is no herd immunity anymore. What we need to do is get vaccinated and then learn to live with the virus and that has to be the way for us to get our lives back to our reasonable standard of normality. 
And our next story, Sandbox now open to everyone. Fully vaccinated travellers from any country in the world can now book holidays in Phuket and other areas taking part in the Sandbox scheme, the Tourism Authority of Thailand has said. The change will allow previously excluded Indonesians and Malaysians, among many others, to travel to the Southern Resort Island and some of its neighbours. Before the pandemic, Malaysia was the country's second biggest source of tourists, with more than 4 million arrivals or 10% of the global total in 2019. The announcement by the TAT late Friday night is part of an expanded push to revive tourism after authorities halved the mandatory quarantine period to seven days for vaccinated travellers from abroad. The agency said authorities would no longer follow a list of eligible countries estimated to be around 80 based on COVID transmission risk. This means Thailand is now welcoming travellers from any country in the world to the Sandbox programme. Foreign Minister Tani Sankrat said unvaccinated children would be able to travel with their vaccinated parents. The Sandbox program that began on July 1 has attracted more than 38,000 visitors to Phuket and generated an estimated 2.3 billion baht in revenue, authorities have said. The reduction in the quarantine to seven days applies to those visiting Phuket, Suratani, Panya and Krabi. As well, the TAT said, fully vaccinated tourists can now travel straight to the designated areas of Panya and Krabi upon landing in Phuket and stay there for seven days. But tourism operators remain pessimistic about the prospect for a meaningful revival of the economy on Phuket, where 90% of hotels have been shuttered in the near term. They have been pleading with the government to simplify entry requirements, to increase visitor numbers and to reduce the high cost of the COVID tests for which tourists must pay. The Sandbox program is the first step in a plan to open more tourist destinations, starting with Bangkok, Chiang Mai, Chamburi, Pechaburi, Prachapkiri Khan to vaccinated foreign tourists from November 1. By then, authorities hope no quarantine at all will be necessary. The Tourism and Sports Ministry is also proposing to designate blue zones where there would be no quarantine requirements requirements in other provinces including Phuket, Krabi, Panya, Suratani, Buriam and Prachapkiri Khan. As many as 20 more locations could be opened in December if COVID vaccination rates are adequate. However, travel advice from other countries discouraging would-be tourists could limit the success of efforts to reboot the industry. Britain and the United States still have travel advisories as the country tries to bring high COVID case numbers and deaths under control. Thailand remains on the red list for travellers from England who must quarantine in a hotel and take two COVID tests on their return home. And that's going to lead us into our next story. PM outlines vision for Phuket transformation. The government is gearing up to promote Phuket as a world-class destination, hoping to entice 1 million foreign visitors over the next months and generating at least 60 billion baht in revenue. Prime Minister Prayat Chanacha shared the Phuket transformation initiative on his Facebook on Friday as fresh easing of coronavirus restrictions took effect that saw cinemas reopen and shortened spells in curfew and mandatory quarantine. He said the program aims to attract up to a million high-quality foreign travellers and those who are on workation during the fourth quarter of this year and the first quarter of 2022, or an average of 5,000 visitors per day. Some 500,000 tourists travelling via chartered flights from England, Russia, Germany and Nordic countries are likely to visit Thailand from October to March, he said. General Priot said the government will develop online registration systems including health screening and vaccination certificates to help 
ease their travel. Jeno Pryde hailed the Sandbox programme as a success, saying they had helped stimulate the economy and had not set back the country's COVID-19 containment measures. He said the government is also speeding up economic relief, including compensation, payments, debt relief and loan programmes. According to the General, a new measure to retain jobs in small and medium-sized enterprises is in the pipeline. Under the scheme, SMEs will be provided with a subsidy to help them retain employees. He said that now the outbreak has eased and more businesses can open, the government can refocus on their economic recovery. So let's break the story down with little common sense and reality. Firstly, what does the government think a world-class destination is? What is the definition they are working of? Because it's easy to throw out a catchphrase without setting the definition. In my opinion, a world-class destination is made up of several factors such as infrastructure, health and safety, rule of law, service, value for money, culture, connectivity and maybe sustainability. There may be more, but that's what I can think of right now. And if you think about it and think of those kind of factors, those Phuket hit or miss when you think of these factors and I think in general it's quite a big miss and it makes me wonder whether or not the government and the Prime Minister the Tourism Authority of Thailand understand what a world-class destination is. In fact I would love somebody to name for me a world-class destination because when you think to yourself what is a world-class destination it's hard to pinpoint an exact place so what are they basing this all on and I guess only the government can, can kind of tell us about that. Now, he also goes on to talk about how they keep looking for these high-end travelers. I I don't know where he thinks high-end travelers are coming from. It's it's a phrase, it's kind of alienating to many people when they hear it as well. Oh, you only want high-end travelers, so... As a package holiday maker, I wouldn't be what you want. Is that what you're telling me? But yet, the package holiday maker is what has sustained Thai tourism for many, many, many years and brought it the huge numbers that it's seen. Do you want those people? But then in his same story, he talks about chartered flights and 500,000 tourists. Now, chartered flights are generally chartered by travel agents. So you do consider package holiday makers high end? I don't know. They need to explain themselves more because they talk too much. And unfortunately, the international press do pick up on this. And some of this does get published abroad. And the prime minister seems to not understand that, maybe. Now, he also discusses this new kind of uh, trending word, a workation, where he's hoping to attract a load of people who will come to Thailand to work and holiday at the same time. Now somebody should tell the Prime Minister that as per Thai law, working while on holiday is illegal under Thai law. So if your plan is to attract people who would like to work here, you know, do their online work and holiday at the same time, you need to change the law to allow that. Because as of right now, somebody working and vacationing at the same time could be prosecuted by the Labour Department and Immigration. And what's your definition of work? These are many, many things that they throw stuff out, but there's never any thought about what it is. Now for me, somebody coming with their laptop, sitting on the beach, enjoying a month or two, doing a bit of online work, that is not working. But according to the government, that is working. But they want those people, but it's illegal. So they need to make their mind up too. They talk about having, you know, chartered flights coming from England, Russia, Germany, and Nordic. Now, one of the biggest companies in the world, TUI, who would bring a lot of UK, German and Nordic countries, are not going to fly at least to mid-December on chartered flights because the risk is too high in relation to the government and their continuous flip-flopping. The COE needs to go. They've already conveyed this message to the Thai government and the multiple PCR tests also need to go. I don't know what other travel agents they're speaking about because the biggest one in the world has already said these are the conditions we need in order to bring our guests. 
Now, he goes on to talk about the sandbox model being a success. Now, in terms of numbers, it's been a complete failure. As of the end of September, 1st of October, is about 38,000 people. Okay, travelers. Now, firstly, I think when I look through it, about 70% or so were actually expats or Thai people returning home. The rest were possibly tourists. I, I definitely think there was tourists within that. But 38,000. Now remember, they anticipated 129,000 people in the three months. They are way off their budget. And if it was a normal business and you were way off your budget like that, somebody would be sacking you at this stage. Yeah, the tourism authority threw up some numbers. They tried to reduce them, reduce them, reduce them, and they kind of failed. But it has been useful for one thing, and we've discussed this already, that we have seen that international travelers who are fully vaccinated pose little to no threat to local people in terms of COVID. 0.3% or 0.2% around that have tested positive for COVID out of 38,000 people. And that is a very, very minute amount. Most of those, by the way, happened on the second test or the third test. So they possibly ended up getting COVID while they're in Phuket anyway. That is a positive part of the Phuket sandbox if you're looking for a kind of a test model on international travel. But what they've learned from that, they haven't put into operation for the next phase. They've reduced it from 14 to 7 and dropped to two PCR tests. But again, the two PCR tests are expensive. 2,800 baht each. So what's that, 5,600 or something? Still expensive for people coming over, especially if you're a family. You know, two adults, two kids. You're talking 23, 24,000 baht. But then a Phuket person or an expat entering Phuket only needs to use an ATK or, you know, a rapid antigen test kit, 350 baht at the checkpoint, and that's fine for them to enter with. So I think there could be a balance here. And I still see no reason why we can't be using, you know, rapid antigen tests for people on arrival. And these are things that need to be looked at. Look, the government seem very keen to throw out lots of numbers, a million people. Well, how are you planning to get the million people? Again, revamp the COE system. They don't actually mention getting rid of the COE, but they talk about adding some online registration system, including health screening and vaccination certificates to help ease their travel. I don't think people need more things to do. I think they need less things to do. The truth is, Thailand has always been a good destination for people to travel to because there was a the minimum amount of paperwork needed. You didn't, if you're from most countries, you don't even need a visa. You just turn up on, you know, the visa exam or turn up on visa on arrival just and you get 30 days. It was the ease of getting here, the ease of doing it. But now they've made it very, very complicated, more complicated than most of their competitive destinations. So the other countries are making things easier while the Thai government seem to be expanding to make things harder and they need to look at this. The Prime Minister also needs to kind of understand that there's no point throwing out numbers without backing up the reason why you say these numbers are valid. I mean, I could do that. Let's just say we're going to have 3 million next over the next six months. Anybody can say anything unless you prove and show how you can get there. What steps you will take as a government to get those numbers. I don't see any of it. And which is why so many businesses are so pessimistic about the future right now. So many Thai businesses, they just don't know what to do. The signals from the government are not backed up by anything. In order for these businesses to keep themselves going, they need to see a firm plan. Because everything they say is is followed with, oh, depending on vaccination rates. And that is not a way for a hospitality business conduct itself. I don't know what's going on here. We'll see. As I said, Kowlak has reopened, but that was the least publicized thing I've ever seen. It appeared on the TAT news and kind of vanished. Wasn't picked up by a single media outlet. But 
I'm, I'm happy it hasn't been because if anybody saw the state of Cowlack, you wouldn't come here. Six lane highway being built through the centre of it. About five or six restaurants open. If you can tell they're open at night time because the government have turned the main lights off in Cowlack Centre. So it's just black. No bars are open. You're not allowed to serve alcohol. No spas are open. No massage shops are open. Even though in Bangkok and dark red zones, you can go for a foot massage. But in Kowlak and Panyar province, it's a no-no. I, I just don't get it. Phuket have allowed drinking now again, but Kowlak and Panyar, no. It's as if they're enjoying having these restrictions on people. But sooner or later, what's going to happen is, what happened in Phuket, people are just going to start opening up. They're going to serve alcohol. They're going to open up the massage shops and they're not going to care what the government tell them because they need to make and earn a living. And I agree with them. What do you think about all this? Do you think Thailand or Phuket is a world-class destination? And when you think of world-class destinations... Can you kind of name me a place where you would think this is definitely a world-class destination? I'd love to know your opinions and your comments down below in the comments section. And next up, AirAsia to launch Phuket Chiang Mai flights from October 16th. AirAsia will relaunch its Phuket Chiang Mai flight service from October 16th as it resumes domestic flights to many destinations throughout the country this month. On October 15th, AirAsia will also resume flights from Don Muang Airport to Pitsanaluk, Nan, Loi, Sakhan Nakhon, Suratani, Krabi and Trang along with regional connections Chiang Mai, Hua Hin announced a release issued on October 2nd. These are in addition to the 11 routes brought back into operation earlier in September and bring the total route network for Air Asia in Thailand to 20 at present the release noted. Air Asia Thailand CEO Santasuk Klongchaya said this is in support of the Thai government's policy to promote domestic tourism with improved health and safety measures. The support should be a boom to the overall economy and help spread revenue generation opportunities across the nation. Thai Air Asia has expressed its full commitment to back these policies by expanding its domestic service and increasing the frequency of flights on high demand routes, he said. We saw an encouraging response across all our routes in September, achieving a load factor average of 75 to 80 percent and goes up to 90 to 95 percent over the weekends especially for flights to and from Chiang Mai, Chiang Rai and Hat Yai Mr. Santasuk noted. With our guests now getting more familiar with the different travel requirements of each province we believe tourism industry operators will begin to see a stronger recovery during the final quarter of this year he added. Well, that's a bit of good news if you plan to travel domestically. Now, also, please remember to travel domestically in Thailand. You need to be fully vaccinated and have your digital travel pass or digital health pass or whatever it's called. Just a little bit of information for you. And now for the Phuket news. Phuket reported 183 new COVID infections in the past 24 hours. Three of them were from the Sandbox program. We had 905 international arrivals through the Sandbox scheme. One tested positive for COVID on arrival. They arrived on seven flights, two Thai Airways, one Qatar, one Emirates, two Singapore Airlines and a private jet. 130 travellers tested negative for COVID during their second test with two testing positive, while 190 had their third test and all tested negative. Since the 1st of July, 40,306 travellers have availed of the Sandbox programme. And in other Phuket news... Phuket Luxury Resort face legal action over illegal land grabs. Luxury Phuket Resorts, Trasara and Sipanwa are facing legal action over illegally acquired land following the National Anti-Corruption Commission and the Department of Special Investigation announcing the conclusion of their investigation earlier this week. Slow start to Phuket reopening. The reopening of Phuket to allow domestic visitors onto the island got off to a slow start on October 1 with no surge in the number of vehicles and people wanting to come onto the island. 
flooding hikes of prices ahead of muted vegetarian festival. The fallout of the COVID-19 pandemic isn't the only factor dampening spirits ahead of the Phuket Vegetarian Festival that starts on Wednesday the 6th of October. And finally, business owners praise return of alcohol sales. Food and beverage outlets across the island were bustling again on October 1 as the measures on relaxing alcohol consumption laws were eased. But ultimately, with this story or anything else that stood out to you today, I'd love to know your thoughts in the comments down below. Because yes, this is a new show, but it's also a conversation. Now keep that conversation going. Make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel, share the video, and do all the good stuff that does help that YouTube algorithm. But ultimately, my name is Kieran Mack. You've been listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show, and we will see you next time.